0: Okay, so this is Jim Bremner from the Canadian Tactical Officers Association, copcast.ca. Our first guest is Norm Gardner. And uh, Norm was a a longtime politician, uh, formerly with the City of North York, uh, then City of Toronto, and ultimately became the Chair of the Police Services Board and uh, how are you today, Norm?
1: Oh, great. Thank you, Jim.
0: Oh, that's good. Uh, Getting through the COVID?
1: Yeah, well, you know, had a little cabin fever here with all the restrictions and that, but uh, you know, spring is coming and vaccinations are coming. So, you know, hopefully things are going to get better.
0: Yeah, I think so now that the vaccine's being rolled out. And uh, we've got spring on the way, so that brightens people's spirits. So what I want to ask you is, obviously, you and I have been around law enforcement for a long time. And, you know, we're seeing police budgets of a billion dollars. Uh, and as well, we're seeing, you know, calls for that being reduced. How do we serve the public uh, in these these times?
1: Well, I think things are getting more difficult. Uh... Um, And police have been defunded, at least in Toronto, for sure. Uh, I I can remember 1992, which is uh, quite a few years ago. The police strength of sworn officers was around 5,600. Now it's around 5,000, and that's uh, recovering from about 4,700 because there was no hiring for a long time and and also reduced numbers of hiring. We weren't replacing people. And the politicians have been looking at the budget rather than, uh, than the number of personnel and, and what, per, what the police have to do. Uh, they, they keep on talking, the politicians keep on talking about having uh, police removed from certain uh, calls and, and bringing in civilians. Only problem is that the police are the only ones that are around 24 seven and a lot of these other civilian agencies with social, work, social workers, et cetera, or crisis care workers are not on duty 24 7, at least in, not in the numbers that um, would be required to make calls. And uh, when you get about um, at least 30,000 calls for um, mental illness uh, problems uh, and also um, uh, domestic disputes, et cetera, I mean, these are things that uh, the police have to respond to and uh, since since nobody else is around to respond uh, to those type of calls. So obviously, you know, when you, when you look at all the other work that are are police doing uh, certainly a lot of the, the, the old aims, because there was an aim of having about 30% of uh, police time taking being proactive and 70% 70%, uh, to respond to calls. Uh, that, that 30% seems to have been really diminished because there's not much time now for proactive uh, type of uh, police duties. And, um, and more the, the concentration has been more on reactive. Uh, we have to, I, I think from the police perspective uh, of management, they're gonna have to be looking at technology uh, to do some of the uh, the more laborious type of, uh, of police duties. But still, uh, you know, calls for service are not going down. And, um, and you know, the, the problem, the, the challenge is going to be, what are you not going to be responding to? Uh, are you not going to respond to minor calls? I mean, there's a lot of things now uh, in terms of uh, just taking a report after, uh, after, say, a break-in or something like that uh there's not an urgency for the police to respond right away however people do require police reports etc but if you when you have conflict then the only person around basically to respond to is going to be a police officers and um this is uh it puts a lot more stress on the officers and especially with more and more um Uh, when I, you know, uh, multicultural uh, situations involved, uh, a lot of police are kind of walking on eggs, I think, in in some respects. So uh, uh, policing is going to be much more challenging in terms of uh, 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 connecting with the public and and how police respond to those interactions with the public.
0: That's interesting in that we're, it's um, a reverse square law, if you will, because ultimately people want that contact with the public, but uh, we're no longer able to do that in certain circumstances. I mean, even, you know, somebody that uh, has damaged a property, I still think wants to see a living, breathing police officer uh, because it's a cathartic uh, thing That that is the relating to the community.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I know... I used to do quite a few ride alongs and um, the the one thing people did feel more comfortable, I think was when they saw a police officer. Um, and, I mean, I would always ride with a Sergeant, but um, when we got there, uh, they were happy to see us. Uh, they were a little more comfortable anyway, you know, in, 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 in seeing a police officer respond because they feel now that somebody is, is actually taking an interest in, in what had taken place in whatever, you know, the situation was that they, uh, they had a confrontation with or, or the requirement for somebody to make a call and, and, and get somebody on the scene to see what was going on. And, uh, but unfortunately, what's happening too is the uh, police are listening, or the police command or the politicians anyway, are, are listening more to the critics of police than they are in, um, than looking after the interests of, the, of, of their own employees, which are the officers. And uh, I find that a little bit uh, uncomfortable from my perspective, because my feeling was always that if an officer acted in good faith, uh, that uh, they should be supported uh, as long as they didn't do anything that was, you know, really dumb. But uh, you, you, I mean, uh, for instance, I'll just look at the, uh, the incident where the, the lady, the young woman fell off a balcony and uh, the family made an immediate accusation that the police had thrown her off. When uh, when police that had nothing to do with throwing her off. In fact, the police were, from what I could read, were uh, very respectful of the family. She wanted to go to the washroom. They let her go to the washroom. She comes out and runs off to the to the door to the balcony and tries to go on the other side of the balcony. Unfortunately, fell. Nobody ever apologized, from what I understand, after the police were cleared. Uh, to, to, to the officers that were involved. Um, these, so it, uh, unfortunately the media are picking on the police uh, to some degree and, um, and the political uh, people are uh, ex- expecting miracles for, uh, from police, uh, which are <laughs> where they're only doing their duty and um, ap- trying to apprehend people. And sometimes use of force is necessary and they look at the use of force as being something, oh, that should never have happened. But uh, you know, we all know that there are people that are uh, um, <laughs> committing crimes and, uh, and they're not voluntarily going to be uh, taken uh, into in custody. I know, I know from one of the, my own personal experiences uh, going back way, way, way back, I was riding with a uh, Sergeant Hoover in 31 Division and then we responded in the Keel Lawrence area for some drug dealers selling drugs to girls. And, uh, so all the, all the cruisers went racing down there and, and the drug dealers started running. And, um, fortunately one of them wasn't too far from the car I was in. And I, I went after him and did a flying tackle and took him down. Um, I did expect at that time that he was going to resist me, but he did not. He, in fact, uh, he almost, uh, uh, well, he, let's put it this way. He was shaking like a leaf and uh, I didn't have to hit him and um, we took him in custody. He, he was actually the only one that we captured that night, but uh, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's, so it, you know, it's a, but if somebody, if he had resisted, I would have uh, probably hit him or, or done something to, to, to uh, take him into custody, but um, it wasn't necessary. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people with mental illness around that are, are going to be confronted and um, they're not going to want to be coming along peacefully.
0: I think you would agree that no officer starts their, their shift wanting to be in, involved in a violent confrontation.
1: No, you're, you're right. I mean, you, you want to go out there and uh, I mean, most from my experience, most officers want to be police officers to do something good for the community.
0: So and, the, uh, they police are a social service.
1: That's right, and um, I mean, like there was other instances that, that that I was lucky enough to get involved with that all all ended uh, uh, in really really well. I mean, uh, they they weren't some of them were types of confrontation like a domestic dispute one um, in, in, in our, in the case I was in, I came, we, we arrived after, uh, uh, the paramedics had come because there were two brothers had gotten into a fight one of them had been on drugs and the other one had punched him and, uh, caused some bleeding from his lips. And, uh, anyways, the call went in a 911, the ambulance people, the paramedics got there before we did. Uh, we came in, we got the Briefing from the brother that was kind of sober, and uh, I, I actually I went into the the den where the where the other one was who, who had been injured, and I sat down uh, just to de-escalate the situation, and um, it, it took a you know a couple of minutes for the other guy to seem to even react. He just stared at us, but so, so the thing is, in a lot of I think training. Uh, it, got to just kind of stand back a little bit and engage the situation as to how you're going to deal with it. Uh, if, if you don't really have to react quickly in terms of, uh, uh, you know, anybody's starting anything violent or anything like that, or, or, uh, but, uh, so we, we de-escalated the situation and finally he, we, he let the amb- the paramedics take a look at him and take him away to the hospital. And, uh, so, and there was another time we, we just gave some people advice uh, as to what uh, to do in, in their particular situation. But uh, the, the whole thing is it, it's, it's, it, confrontations are, are, are going to take place. I, I think the use of tasers has uh, reduced the number of injuries to officers because uh, uh, just looking at a taser in, in some cases uh, made some people less combative. And uh, they just didn't want to get tasered. I can't blame them for that. But I, I remember when I first started in, on the police, the old police commission. Uh, we used to get force of injury reports, and there were a lot of injuries because uh, of, uh, of people just wanting to fight. Or, or and um, consequently, uh, yes, we brought in some technology. Uh, the fighting got uh, reduced. But there's still uh, uh, people around to, that are going to have to be apprehended and uh, are go- are are not going to come along peacefully. So if the challenge is with uh, I think uh, with mentally ill people and um, who, who sometimes grab a weapon and, and then they now that that puts the officers in danger and uh, they have to make some instant decisions as to how they're going to respond if they're if they feel their life is in danger. Uh, but uh, but in the forefront, I think um, as as I said, um, uh, it, it, the problem is going to be speaking up for officers too, and I think that's where the uh, sometimes the uh, police associations now may have to do more protecting of their of their officers and getting much more involved in uh, in meeting with police boards and 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 other say sub. Committees that deal with, um, uh, you know, critis- criticism of uh, of police or reforming police. I don't I don't think it, the police need to be re re uh, uh, um, or what or or, or, uh, or, it's, it's, or re-, re or reformation of policing, but we have to get people or in in some of the communities. To be much more influential and in making people accountable. Uh, and uh, because we have so many different cultures around today, and um, some of them, if uh, they come from areas where uh, uh, they're, they're more aut- uh, autocratic regimes, uh, are not really, um, uh, say, welcoming police attention unless they, they become victims. And then they all of a sudden want the police to, you know, to come and, and rectify the situation. So, it, I mean, I, th- I think this is some of the things we're gonna have to be looking at too, in terms of, uh, uh, of protecting officers from undue criticism.
0: Yeah, with, so with that said, um, protecting them uh, again, against the narratives, but, but as well physically, with reduced budgets or reduced personnel, are you, you, do you see a return to the one person vehicle?
1: Um, I don't think that uh, is satisfactory in today's climate, I think, uh, even though you have, uh, cam- uh cameras being introduced, uh, uh, you, you need to have, uh, somebody there to back you up. I mean, I, I know that there's more tasers being, um, distributed around today, but, um, you, you may, a police officer may get into a situation where the taser's not working and, um, the other person, uh, uh, that was tasered may have a weapon. So you, you need the, you need somebody else around there to be the witness. And also in, in the event the taser fails to take whatever action that they deem necessary at that particular time to safeguard the officer's lives. And, and, um, and deal and deal with the antagonist. So um, I, I'm not am not a proponent of the of the one man vehicle. It uh, I, I did go right alongs in um, in Florida where they one man vehicle. However, uh, what happened there was uh, the when when the um, police officer stopped the individual, uh, he did make a call where the location was. And another vehicle or two would respond within seconds um, so that the officer was not alone. But that's it's a different story down there because um, in a lot of the American, um, uh, especially with the sheriff's deputies, they get issued a car. The car is their car. So they're driving by themselves at all, all times. And, um, but they uh, they do have uh, the ability to uh Get uh, before they get out of the car to uh, wait till another backup comes. So um, unless we're going to have more police on the street to, to respond to these backups, it, then you know somebody could push a one-man car. But um, I I know that um, uh, that in some of the visions, it's uh, you, you might only have three or four cars out at night, and um, if you only have three or four cars out at night, and one or two of them. Are engaged in something. You you don't have any any time for a, somebody to come back you up. So uh, as I say, I'm I'm not a proponent of a, of a of a one man vehicle under the circumstances that we have to live within, uh, say the environment that we're in today and serve in that type of environment.
0: Well, I'll, I'll wind up with this. Where do you where do you see this going? What are again. Uh... You know, how do we meet everybody in the middle on this?
1: Well, I think uh, uh, certainly there's challenges. I I, I think people in the command um, are kind of uh, being nudged politically to some degree as to, um, uh, uh, you know, some of the initiatives that they are going to be taking in terms of policing. I, I like the idea of this neighborhood police officer type of thing to get familiar with people in, in their respective areas. Um, but um, I, I think uh, that uh, yeah, number one, we're gonna have to look at technology. I think we have to still keep up the two men, or the two person vehicles in, in a car and um, that there may be some areas where it's deemed that uh, police just are not uh, going to do that kind of a service. So um, I think the public will suffer eventually with with the reduced number of officers around. And uh, I know that, uh, I mean, with this COVID that came and other things that uh, you, you, there was a fair amount of officers that uh, were just not on duty at which, um, because of uh, isolation and other things, and uh, that um, it puts much more stress on officers who are who are on duty and uh, and available for calls. So um, I, th- I think that, uh, uh, that say presidents presidents of police associations should uh, start uh, getting a little bit more active in trying to look after. Their members and, and have much more of a say and try to participate with the police service boards, and and in um, in some of the things that the the officers have to face, and and realize it because you know when I when I I brought up some of these things sometimes about officers and, and stress and the answer I got from some people well you know what uh, they chose this profession so that uh, they have to live with it and. Uh, you know I, I don't I didn't particularly like those kind of responses because uh, these people a lot of these people have never gone out on a ride along with uh, with a police officer to see just you know what takes place and uh, and how how effective a lot of our police officers are I think um, our officers are very well trained and because when you look at the the few statistics uh, where you know we're say, you know, violence had incurred. I mean, 99% of the time, our police are handling domestic disputes, uh, mental ill calls uh, very, very well. Uh, but, you know, all you, uh, it's like that old story, you know, you do somebody a favor nine times out of 10, what do they remember the one time you didn't? And um, and so they expound on that. And that certainly, you know, with the media looking at uh, not much to do, uh, they try to make a mountain out of a molehill in terms of a story, and and sometimes try to put words in people's mouths. So uh, it, you got to be careful how you respond. But uh, I, as I say, I think policing is, is going to be a little bit more challenging, um, and um, that uh, I these I think the associations are going to have to do a little bit more in terms of uh, responding to some of the criticism of uh, of police tactics or or, or the, what, were, what the officers were involved with in those spe- specific um, incidents. So um, it's—I uh, mean, it, the good thing is it, it's exciting work. <laughs> it's challenging, and um, the, the fact is that most officers are doing a great job.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much, and uh, for your wisdom. And when this COVID is finally left uh, we'd be happy to have you in this in the studio to follow up
1: thanks very much and nice um thanks for asking me to participate and uh um you you know where my loyalty lie. thanks a lot
0: thank you bye-bye
1: bye-bye